This is Acacia Thompson from Brooklyn Public Library here talking with Paul Weissel. Uh, tell me your environmental story here in Greenpoint, Paul. Well, from what you said, I, I think I'm maybe repeating most of it. I hope I could add something. The one thing that all Greenpointers remember was the big Exxon oil spill. That's been known, you know, since 1970. I mean, that was, you know, that was, we've been read about it, told about it, and it was, they eventually had lawsuits and compensated the area. Uh, well, also, actually, one thing I could add, uh, my uncles and my mother told me, early 1900s, they grew up in Greenpoint also. Mm -hmm. I should say, I wasn't born in Greenpoint. I was actually born in Queens, but I moved back here very young. And my uncles and my mother, who lived here, told me that once about a time in the 1900s, they used to fish, fish over They still believe it, you know, they don't went totally polluted. But now it's actually coming back a little bit, but they're still doing some fishing, although I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't eat anything from it. <laughs> but they used to fish off of, go all type of fish over mm -hmm. the Creek. Mm -hmm. So you had Exxon, you had, uh, you know, you could fish in the river, until it got polluted, the creek, I should say. And recently we heard about the, the new, what is it, New Heart? New Heart. New Heart. Yeah, we didn't know about that. But I talked to some of the guys that were my age or older, and they said, oh, yeah, we were little kids. They used to have, like, foam coming out of the top, the chimneys, and the kids used to play with it. You know. You didn't hear that before? Mm -mm, not that story. I've heard people playing, I've heard people playing around there, but not. Yeah, something was coming out of the smokestack, and it was like, like stuff kids could play with, like not foam, but it was more airy type stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it was some type of a, like like cotton candy residue or something, something like uh -huh. would float, you know, all over the place. Uh -huh. You know, it was like DDT. Remember DDT yeah. when it was spraying it, kids were playing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wasn't here yet. I wasn't here yet. That was probably early, <coughs> the early fifties or sixties, whenever they closed that place. So when did you move to the neighborhood? Six, uh, January 65. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, now, they had a million factories. You know, you probably know the history of, Green, of Greenpoint. <coughs> uh, what do you call it? Well, the sugar factory, Domino, well, that's technically in Williamsburg. Mm. But <coughs> that, Leviton <coughs> made electronic parts, uh, all types of ceramic places. It's, I think the steel things were gone already, but the pencil factory is mm -hmm. still here. And say what you want, that that put a lot of kids through school. You know, a lot of a lot of Polish, Irish, Spanish immigrants worked there. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, was it good? Yeah, you know, kept people alive. Was it bad? Yeah, it was you know, kind of slave labor mm -hmm. type things. The environment, you know, they didn't care about you know whether you got sick or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that any long term. You know, the yeah. health stuff. So have you experienced or known people who have had long-term health effects? The biology, what you know. You know, that, that group out there, those 100 senior people, they're very healthy. Mm -hmm. Well, part of it is because they, you know, go to the senior center. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I, my, my father died when he was 83, although he didn't really live here. He lived in Bushwick. My mother died fairly young, 60, but she, she was, you know, she was overweight, she had diabetes, she didn't eat the right food and everything, you know, 
be 70, so I'm, I'm up there. But my uncles, they were smokers and drinkers. They lived to be in their 80s, mm -hmm. you know, so it's hard to say, you know. If, if, if I had to take a stab at an average, I would probably say it's any higher or lower than, than any other place, mm -hmm. you know. That, that's just my opinion. That's just my, you know, unaf you know what do I can say, unexpert opinion, you mm -hmm. know. Ironically, my older sister, Mary Ann, who didn't live in Greenpoint, she moved out of the original house earlier. She died from breast and lung cancer, mm -hmm. never smoked. She worked for the Lawrence Radiation Laboratory in California. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you're more interested in that Greenpoint. than Greenpoint. <laughs> well, that's, that's outside of Greenpoint, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, but you know, I'm like, you know, Lawrence Radiation Laboratory. She was a brilliant PhD physicist, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but the, the, it was straight away. I, uh, you know, uh, strictly unofficial, unscientific. I, I don't really see them living any younger or older. You know, I never heard of any horrible cases where people came down with cancer at, at a young age. I'm sure there's some, but mm -hmm. I, I never heard of them. Mm -hmm. So that's about it for the environment. Uh, you know. I mean, the air pollution pretty much went along with New York City. It was heavily polluted until the, until the 80s, mm -hmm. and then they cleaned up their act. But that was not, not just Greenpoint. That was the whole, the whole city. Right. What about um, the waterfront? Well, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was, you probably heard the stories, the, the longshoremen, this thing, even a little bit post-World War II, it was from the Brooklyn Navy on and up, it was bustling. There were bars and restaurants and everything all over West Street. There was a big, uh, the, the, the Green Street Pier was a big loading, unloading area for uh, troops, World War troops. Little known fact that maybe Jeffrey Cobb told you, there were, there were prisoner of war ships in the East River. Italian prisoner of war, I think German, don't quote me on that, but definitely Italian, you know, for World War II. I've heard about an internment camp that was supposed to be. Well, I think it was actually on a ship. They actually okay, put them on, on a ship. ship. I think it was on a ship. Well, it could have been right on the shore there. I don't know. It could have been also facilities on the shore. But the, the local people used to go there and feed them. In fact, one young Italian girl married one of them. After the war, her name was Ronaldo. Uh -huh. She married one of them. So you lived here since the 60s then? So you've 65, yeah. Uh -huh. Well, it was, you know, the, Ameri the Native American parish first, mm -hmm. then the British, then the uh, Irish, then the Polish, then the Spanish, now the uh, gentrifiers. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it just keeps, you know, going, going like this. And everybody, all of them brought the good and the bad. You know, they had their good and the bad, you know. Mm -hmm. The, uh, you know, the, Funny thing, if you look at the churches in Greenpoint, from the river to Manhattan, they have no Protestant. The original inhabitant, the European inhabitants were Protestant, you know, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, kind of small churches, not fancy. Then the Irish came, and the, and the Catholic Germans, the Huguenots, they built St. Anthony's, St. Alphonsus, on that side of Manhattan, and then the Polish came, St. Stan's, which is still a big, you know, big church. So that's the history of, I'm very good at the history of the area, not necessarily environment, but I can tell you anything about the history. But here's another interesting fact. 
this is really pro, more pro-American than anything. Okay, World War II, World War II, as you know, you know, they had the horror of the Holocaust, you know, and the gas chambers and everything, you know, in Germany and Poland, right? Basically, Jews were being marched in there, and Germans were doing it, in, in, but they had Polish, it was in Poland and everything. While that was going on, in Greenpoint, many of the merchants were Jewish. They had Joseph's, uh, where you edit, it was like this, it was like the sea, it was like the Macy's of Greenpoint. Anything that you wanted. You went in there, you bought it, was on a handshake. You, you, had, you know, you, you did it on credit, it was on the handshake. You know, no, no contracts or anything. Honix was a, was a clothing store. Every Catholic church here, especially St. Anthony and, and St. Stan's, when you know, communion went around and confirmation and all those things, they marched the whole school in there to f fit them out for outfits. You know, the boys wore blue and the girls wore pink. This is why you, the Jews were getting gassed in Europe. Okay? The Germans and the, uh, the Poles were marching into the Jewish stores to get an outfit for communion. Well, over in Europe, they were getting gassed. Mm -hmm. So it shows you the difference between America then and Europe then. Yeah. Big difference. Now, you know, people, people keep to themselves. I'm not saying everybody loved anybody, but they got along with everybody, you know. Just like today, you know. Because that's a little known fact. Ed, the guy was in there, he said he was, when he's time, was time to the Holy Communion, they marched uh, 100, 200 kids, right? Hanix was on Kent and I don't, you know Greenpoint, you were here? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know the, the garden on Kent, and mm -hmm. they used to be Honix department store. And they used to march them in there, they used to, they used to you know, me measure them and everything, and all marched out with their community uniforms. And it was, they were mainly Jewish merchants, Joseph's, Honix, those are the two big ones. A bar Barnett, I think, had one, Jocknowitz, he had an appliance store. So that's that. Uh, again, I'm, I'll, I'll stray, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, it was always a lower middle class immigrant neighborhood. You know, I, I like Irish to, to, to Polish to Spanish. But it, it all changed about 20 years ago, you know? You could, you could have got a two bedroom railroad in Greenpoint for about 520 years ago. That had gone for 3,000. Mm -hmm. Albeit, they renovated. But it's the same building, you know, 500, 3,000. I tell the people moving into my building, I said, you're 20 years too late. You could have had it for 500 instead of 3,000. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I don't know, anything else? The environment, uh, I think I said everything. Uh, there's supposed to be a plume with new heart. It's not quite as big as, Exxon Oil, but they're supposed to have a mini plume. It's a phthalate plume that's 12 feet. Yeah, like yeah. it's like a ooze or something mm -hmm. that's oozing out. Yeah. Cold molasses. Right, right. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we're supposedly, uh, the Exxon spill was the largest in history. Right? It's bigger than the Exxon Valdez. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you can think of that you'd like to Well, share? I'm going to start straying. I mean, I can tell you the history of the architecture, I can tell you. I could also tell you today, uh, the dinner dudes, Ed, Teddy, and I, we're big restaurant people. We can tell you every restaurant in Greenpoint. Fantastic. Old and new. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not under the, not w under this one, but I want to know more. <laughs> you mean some other time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, we, see, we made the transition. 
you know, the old Polish or the old Spanish, you know, they, a lot of them didn't speak the language, and to be honest with you, they were, they were priced out. That's a big issue. If you're not, if you're not rent stabilized or rent controlled, you're like Mark, if you're, if you're in a non-stable, not, not controlled building, forget it. You got a big, you got a big uh, mm -hmm. target on your back, you know? But it's funny, the Pol you know, the Polish bought a lot of houses. Unlike the, the Spanish bought some, but the Polish were, the, uh, the Irish and the, Pol and the Spanish really didn't buy houses, they rented. But when the Polish came, they bought the house, okay? So of course, when they came, they would, when the Spanish people left, they would rent to their own, own type, right? And then all of a sudden, when the gentrifiers came, they said, hmm, uh, Amy uh, Jokmowitz is paying 500. Uh, Mary Brown wants to pay 3,000. Well, she's not Polish, but who cares? You know? <laughs> Sold. <laughs> they kicked out their own type. Old story. Yeah. I'm hoping, you know, money talks. You know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, if you're rent stabilized, rent controlled, you're, you're fine. I can tell you stories about the rent saving. You wouldn't believe it. I know. Well, You're familiar with rent control, rent stabilization, market yeah. rent? Yeah, okay. There's one on every block here at Three Point. And you have little old ladies or some little old men, albeit the place is not renovated. Okay. For a two bedroom, they're paying $100 a month rent. Mm -hmm. Okay. When did you start? You know the word bookstore? No, Brooklyn Public Library. No, I'm saying, but you know the word oh, bookstore? Oh, I know it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. My, my landlord owns that building. A woman, 97-year-old woman, just died there last year. She was paying $97 a month rent. He renovated, he's getting 4000 mm -hmm. yeah. Insanity, okay? Yeah. Rent stabilizer are paying a little more, maybe 800 to 1200 for the average. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes decontrolled, it's anywhere from 2500 on up, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, you got you could have a guy with a with two-bedroom, albeit unrenovated, paying $100, and upstairs you're paying 3500 same apartment. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. You know. Building by building. Yeah, but there's all, you know, it, it's a slow process. It, you know, it, yeah, maybe in 100 years there'll be no more rent control, but it's a very slow process. Mm -hmm. There's still, on every block, there's at least one, one, one there's a rent control person in my building. Mm -hmm. And there's a rent stabilized. The other six are decontrolled. Yeah. You know, because the people died, he moved out. And the landlord, you know, uh, renovates it enough, he can, he can jack up so you get it to a certain amount, like 2,000, 2,500, then it becomes decontrolled, mm -hmm. you know. And they know the tricks, they, you know, they finagle, you know. Really yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I told you about the ethnic background, the history of the rent. But, and then, you know, again, in my opinion, Greenpoint, you know, was, it was, I keep telling you this, it never was like, you know, like the South Bronx. It always was, it was a good neighborhood. Fairly say, you know, there was a joke in the in the heyday of murders in New York City. At 1990, there were 2,300 murders. Mm -hmm. Like East New York had 75 alone. Right? We put like five murders a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, but there were bodies that would somebody killed them someplace and dumped them in the East River. Right. <laughs> you know, we were the dumping ground because there was no but nothing down there. You know. Yeah. But it was a, it was a safe neighborhood. Yeah, we when the Spanish came in, there was some gang fights, you know, mm -hmm. but it was, it was never really a bucket of blood, you know. Uh, and then, uh, but you know, the, when the, the uh, and there's a lot of reasons for it. I'm not pinning blame on anybody, but 
you know, for whatever reason, the, uh, you know, after the war, the, the, the military industry moved out, and then the containers came in, you know, and they, they had big ships, they had to go to Bayonne, and for various reasons, it became a ghost town, the, the docks, mm -hmm. East River. It, it was anything from, uh, you know, from, from the old, now the New York State Park, right up to the Air Street, it was a ghost town. You know, the pencil factory was abandoned. Uh, Leviton closed down. I think they have since reopened. Domino's closed and they, they tore it down. And, you know, it became because it's for, for so many different reasons. It, it started economically and even residentially. It started, you know, started going downhill. And then the gentrifiers came in, and now it's old. I mean, young person in the world wants to live. So that's about it. Anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I know the history of the churches, the history of the people. Uh, oh, well, you know, another thing is when I was young, when you split from your parents, you can get yourself a two bedroom in Greenpoint for $100, $200 a month. Okay? Now it's like Manhattan, you know. Oh, with well, the apartment's 3000 that's okay. I have three roommates. Just like Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan used to be that years ago. Greenpoint, you broke from your parents, you got yourself a nice one bedroom, 200. You know, uh, when I, uh, I, I live on Greenpoint Avenue and I was living with my mother and my sisters. And uh, we lived, she knew the landlord. There were kids, you know, there were two crowds of kids. And she, she had a two bedroom, we had a two bedroom on the uh, second floor for furnished maybe $110 a month, maybe something like that. So she, she, she couldn't walk up, she had a heart attack, mm -hmm. so she wanted to get a ground floor apartment. It goes to Milton Street, it's a bedroom on Milton Street. Beautiful house, you know, it's, you know, it's a landmark block, Milton Street, right? It's the first house there, had a garden, back and everything. Oh, how much is the rent? $125 a month, I can't afford that. <laughs> So she goes back to my landlord, and she says, "Joe, you know, on your ground floor in the back, I notice you have a band, you have a, you have a apartment you don't use, you, uh, you know, you use as a store room, you know." She says, "I know, but rent control, you can only get fifty. I know the market's a hundred. She says, I'll pay you seventy-five under the table. You're sold." That's how I got. That's how I got into that building. Wait, which building was this? Ninety-nine Greenpoint. Now another thing is when I when I was when I worked at the Times, not because I was ashamed of Greenpoint or anything, I just drifted. Not even to Manhattan. I had family and friends in Southern Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, Queens, you know, and I worked for the Times. I, I actually I wanted, even though I was here every day nine to five. When you work at Manhattan, the last thing you want to do is go there. You want to get out of there, except maybe for party, you know. But I really didn't discover Greenpoint until I retired about 10, years, 10 15 years ago. Now I do. Now I don't want anything else. Yeah. Another thing is, my building. You know, it was European. You know, Irish, Polish, you know, Czech, Slovakian. Then there was a Spanish influx. Okay. And the whole building turned Spanish, right? 
I get along with them and everything, but I, I never really, you know, associated with them too much. And then when I retired, I, I thought like I was the only European left in Greenpoint mm-hmm. until I discovered this place. Right. I mean, there's a, you know, because even if there's only two or three, meaning seniors from a European background, mm-hmm. if there's only two or three on each block, that's like a thousand people, you know? Mm-hmm. So like there's more people like me, you know? If you have a big, it's like when you go on a cruise ship, 85% of them seniors, but there's so many people on the ship that even though 10% are young people, that's like 300 people, mm-hmm. you know? So it's all, you know, it's all, I didn't realize, like, Ed, I, I never knew the guy. Teddy, the woman that's on a vacation, she lived down a block from me, two blocks down by the river. I never met her until two years ago. Mm-hmm. 68 years, mm-hmm. we were passing each other, we never knew each other. And then all of a sudden, somebody else connected us, you know. It's because you have community and you meet everybody. It's like any other one. You got anything else one. You got to get out there. Yeah. If, you, if you're staying home like the wallflower and everything, you're not, you know, not going to meet anybody. You're not going to discover anything, you know. Yeah. It's a good place. But I, you know, I'm, I'm an objective type. You know, you, some, people, some people go, oh, well, great point. You know, you used to wear a great state of sliced bread or somebody's like, it's the good and the bad. There are very few places are, you know, totally garden of Eden, and very few places are, you know, a total disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's always the good and the bad. You know, people ask me, what do I think of the new people? I said they saved the neighborhood, they built up the waterfront, they have all new uh, restaurants and everything. But I said it's not my demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I don't hang out with them. I'm friendly with them, I say hello. I'm more friendly with, this, with the old-time Spanish people, the mm-hmm. Polish people, than I am with the European, you know, mm-hmm. with the, what you, whatever you want to call me, Anglo, white, you know, European, you know, because it's not my demographic. And also, you know, I'm safe, I know my landlord, I have cheap rent, but you know, if you're not, if you're not, if you're market rent, you've got a big, big target on your back, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, those are the, those are the things. Save the neighborhood, great restaurants, lovely people, you know, it's vibrant and everything, but it's not my demographic and make sure you rent you rent stabilized. <laughs> <laughs>